Welcome again to Weston Park Baptist Church. Uh, today we begin the Advent season, uh, starting this Sunday, November 28th, Advent officially four Sundays prior to Christmas Day, uh, but kind of really goes through five weeks uh, the week after as well. So Advent, the time of God breaking into our world in Christ. So it's uh, it's a great time of year, and we hope that this series might be helpful for us as we push on. I like this statement from the Liturgy of Christmas. It goes, O unsearchable mystery, God has taken our human nature. He has deigned to be born of the Virgin in order to make us shares in his own divinity. That's a pretty amazing statement. God takes on the impossible, that he takes the first step to uh, come to us so that we might uh, share in his nature. So what's impossible for us is possible with God. So, oh, unsearchable mystery. So we're using that phrase as kind of the uh, catch-all for the series, oh, unsearchable mystery, and we'll look at it through these five weeks. Coretto writes this on, on, on that idea, what humans were unable to do for themselves on their journey towards God, God has done by stooping down towards humanity to enable humans to take their place in the family of God. God entered the family of humanity. With the incarnation for the first time, the unbridgeable was bridged from above to below. So again, uh, this great movement of God towards us in the incarnation. So we have five weeks to explore this theme. Emily Dickinson's famous poem, tell all the truth, but tell it slant. The truth must dazzle gradually or every man, woman be blind. Tell the truth, but tell it slant. And so when we approach the um, incarnation stories, the nativity stories in the Gospels, we get different perspectives, and it's like what Emily Dickinson is saying, tell all the truth, but tell it slant. So Matthew tells the story through the lens of Joseph. Luke tells the story through uh, the lens of Mary. Uh, the Gospel of John is its own piece altogether, so different lenses to approach the theme of Advent. So we begin then, Matthew 1, 18 to 25, for our text today, uh, beginning with this statement, verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. This statement, now the birth of Jesus. Interesting that that word birth in Greek is genesis, henesis. So the birth of Jesus is the genesis of Jesus. Genesis is a new beginning, not the same old. This is a new opportunity. This is something new that God is doing in Jesus Christ, a genesis. And so when we approach Advent, it, it is always waiting on God and waiting on the new opportunities that God has for us, even in this season. That, that's, that's what Advent is about, God coming to us, to you, to me, 
in this story to Joseph to Mary, a genesis, a new beginning. Birth of every child is a new beginning, new possibilities around our planet. And so here then we begin with this, with, uh, this genesis of Christ. The text carries on, her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. So we call this the moral crisis of Joseph. So we just kind of sit with the story for a bit. Mary and Joseph are engaged, but they are not living together yet. And Joseph finds out, Mary tells him that she is pregnant. So she's going to have a child, but they aren't living together. Joseph knows, well, it can't be mine. And so this is really a dilemma because he loves Mary, but he is a righteous person, the text tells us. And that, what that means is that he is committed to the Torah, committed to following the laws of the scriptures. And Deuteronomy reminds us in them that a woman who was unfaithful was to be put aside. That is, would, you could divorce her. That was the, the expectation. So in verse 19, we're told that Joseph decides to end the relationship quietly with Mary, to dismiss her quietly so that it's not made a big deal, hopefully, and that she can just stay at home or with her family and the engagement ends. So Deuteronomy 22, 13 to 30, an unfaithful wife is to be put aside. This is the legal recognition in the day. So that, that's where it's at. You, can, you know, this would be a very unsettling time for, for Mary and for Joseph. I mean, like, wow, complete surprise. But the penny drops for Joseph when he has a dream and he receives an angelic message. And the message goes, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. So in, indeed there's this divine disruption that God is working in their lives and it's interesting the statement, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. Do not be ruled by fear. You don't have to just follow the laws of the Torah on this statement because God is doing a new thing. And interesting, a new thing that transcends the law, transcends the Torah, transcends the rules. Joseph doesn't want to break the rules. And the angel says, do not be afraid. And, and what, what's he afraid of is just that. He is righteous and he is going to have to break the rules. But the reality is, is that God is doing this new thing, this new birth, this new genesis, in terms of this couple, and it has implications for all humanity. A divine disruption. And so as we begin with this story and with this text, it's, it's an invitation to Joseph and Mary to keep moving forward, to keep moving forward in the relationship with God and with their own discipleship. Isaiah says, behold, I do a new thing. 
God transcends the old ways and we are invited to adopt the new ways. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's not just for them, it's, it's also for us. That we are invited to keep listening to the Spirit's voice, to God's voice in our own lives. Advent, it's always a calling to pay attention. To keep listening, not to live in fear, and to see what God is doing. Where is God working in our lives in spite of the challenges and difficulties? Mary and Joseph, right here, it's, it's a great challenge. It's a great difficulty. Soon they're going to be on the run after the birth of the child, fleeing to Egypt, for they've been pursued by the King Herod. So it doesn't mean that things are going to go easy, but God is doing work in our lives. And because there may be challenges, because there may be difficulties, that does not mean that God is not working. That it's, there's always this tension in terms of listening and living. Hearing God's voice and then implementing it. Challenges, difficulties. We as a faith community have, you know, great desires to do something beside us in our, in our land. Are, are there challenges? Have there been challenges? Have there been difficulties? Will there be more? Certainly. But nevertheless, we are invited to hear God's voice, and that's the same for us as individuals. What new genesis does God want to work in your life, in my life, during this season of Advent? So we can Reflect on that even as we begin. Beekner gets at this a little bit when he talks about us having two symbolic homes. And the first home is the home of memory. The home that you have when you think of your childhood home. What, what, what home rises up in your mind? For me, in the east end of Toronto, 300 Withrow Avenue. That, that, that's the home when I have dreams about my past, it's always in that home. So we have the home of memory. But Beekner says we also have our soul home, our home of longing, our spiritual home, our interior home that we dream for, this visionary future home, our soul home. So not just the home of memory, but our soul home. So what is God saying to us in Advent now as we begin about our soul home and what he's calling us to, inviting us to? What new actions? Joseph is a person of action. It's, it's, a, it's a series of actions that he is invited to take, and he takes them. So that's kind of where the story begins. The moral crisis of Joseph, what will he do? Well, the message from the angel goes on. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us, verses 21 to 23. And so the angel is saying, hey, Mary is going to bear a child, and there's a focus here now on two names, and the first name is Jesus, which means God saves. 
Verse 21, the angel says, you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So the first work of Jesus in the lives of the first century people and for us today, for you and for me, is that God in Jesus does something to deal with our sins. Does something to deal with our blocks that keep us from God, whatever they are. And our blocks are, are different. What hinders you may not hinder me, and what hinders me may not hinder you. So let's not judge each other because we all have hindrances. What God is doing in that sense of dealing with our blocks, all those things that keep us bound, all the ways that we resist God. We want him, but we resist him. The Bible calls that sin. No, you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. You know, we always have to remember that, you know, we are sinners. We may not use that word, we may not like that word, but we all are sinners. In our, in our core, I think we know that. We do mess up. We do say hurtful things. We do hurtful actions. We, we let people down. We hurt people. The Bible calls that sin, and we do that against God. And so Jesus comes as Jesus to save us from our sins. And so whether or not our culture talks about sin, the Bible says, hey, we have this brokenness. We are like wounded animals and we lash out or we hide in a corner somewhere. So Jesus comes to deal with that. And the whole New Testament is about Jesus dealing with our sin all through different lenses. Book of Hebrews, Jesus as our high priest that uses that lens. All of it. So the first name then is Christ, Jesus. And so when we see the baby, when we read the stories about Jesus the baby, it's Jesus the child of God who wants to deal with our sins and does deal with it, our sins, and we are invited to move and live and say yes to him in faith. That's a core issue that needs to be dealt with. Secondly, we have the name Emmanuel. Verse 23, look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. So the second name is Emmanuel, meaning God with us. God breaking into our world in Jesus to be in solidarity with us. Jesus knows all of the stuff that we're going through. I mean, Hebrews makes a big point of that. He, he has been tempted it as us in every way. He knows what it's like to live as human. And God breaks into our world, oh, unsearchable mystery, so he experiences what humanity experiences. And he does this because he loves us. God is with us. So Emmanuel means... Advent is about something new. It is something completely new. This is not business as usual. This is a genesis. This is a new birth. God has spoken through the prophets all these years, Hebrews 1, 1 to 4, and then finally in his son. God reaching out to us so that we might know him and ultimately that we might even share in his divine nature. God wants this close relationship with us. And always we will keep 
tending to slip back because we also resist. We want him, but we resist. And so the invitation is to keep, keep coming, keep coming. This is, this is the tension we live with. But God works because he wants us to experience his family, that we might enter into his family. This is the beauty of what the incarnation is all about. And it leads to the fact that we indeed will become new creations in Christ. This is the intersection in Jesus of heaven and earth. Heaven touches earth in Christ in this intersection. And so this new reality that we can share in the divine nature, this Paul is going to go on and develop this through all of his epistles. That we join in the inheritance of Christ, that we become his daughters and sons, and ultimately that we share in his nature. I mean, the, the, the future that we have in Christ is completely incredible. It is what we would say is impossible, but it's made possible by God. We become brothers and sisters of Jesus Christ. The incarnation is saying that. So it's a, it's a new creation. It's a new reality. Merton puts it this way. He is born in Bethlehem, Christ, in order that he may be born in us. He gives himself to us as a child in order to share with us not only his infant smiles and caresses, but above all his very birth and infancy. Hear this. He is born son of man in order that we may be born sons and daughters of God. Our souls being Bethlehems in which he is born for us. Jesus is son of man that we be can become sons and daughters of God. How, how great is that? That's an amazing statement by the great spiritual writer Thomas Merton. So God works in Jesus to bring us to himself. Coretto calls this the unsearchable mystery, that we are invited to join the family of God. So what we, are need, what we need to remember is that in the midst of our difficulties, in the midst of our challenges, which are real, we have this amazing hope that ultimately we can and do become like God. We share in his nature. It's, you know, it's hard to even say those words without thinking they're crazy, but this is what the New Testament says. Jesus, Savior, Emmanuel, God with us. This lens, Dickinson, tell all the truth, but tell it slant. This is the slant. This is the angel's message to get through to Mary and Joseph. God's work, so unsearchable mystery. And we're invited to keep journeying on in this faith to find and know and experience our true selves. That's, that's your whole life. My whole life, your whole life is to discover and live your true self. That's it. To know your true self. And when you do that, you know God. God in us. It's the only way to get to the true self. To know that we are creator creature in relationship to creator that, that, that's it and to know God's work you know that saves us it's to keep saying yes to that reality we get so distracted and specifically the take home I want for us today is 
where are the new opportunities? Where is the new birth? Where is the new genesis in your life? What is God saying to you in this season of Advent? How will you pay attention in your interior heart, your soul home, that you might hear his voice? Wake up to the new opportunities and the new genesis that he has for you. He does have it for you. Still challenges. But this new genesis is there, waits for you. That's our hope. That's our reality as we say yes to God in Christ. So I pray that we might know this birth, the birth of Jesus the birth of Emmanuel in our hearts and minds. We might say yes to the fact that we are new creations in Christ. Life is a lot, lot more than, you know, things and stuff you have, and money you have or you don't have. Jesus there for us, God there for us, creature to creator, creature to savior. May we say yes to him. May this first week of Advent begin us on this journey of faith. And may we pay attention through our week for what Christ is saying to us, the Holy Spirit saying to us. In his name, amen.